just as we thought things were going to get quiet on the Lamar Jackson front, things have changed. Or have they? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. They're having a great start to their Monday. And the story that we closed the week with on Friday, we are opening the book back up and we are talking about Lamar Jackson here on the show once again. And I thought that Friday's show would be the last time that we would talk about the Lamar Jackson situation for a pretty long time because I didn't expect there to be any type of movement. But with the owners meeting starting today, we've got some coaches talking, a lot of media availability. There was a lot made of the fact that two minutes into John Harbaugh's media availability with the Baltimore Ravens, we learned via Lamar Jackson, the source on Today's story is the quarterback himself, Lamar Jackson, saying that back on March 2nd that he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. And that now opens a can of worms that we are going to discuss here on the show with the main umbrella that is going to oversee this entire conversation today being, does that change things? Does the fact that we now know that Lamar Jackson went to the Baltimore Ravens on March 2nd and said, I don't want to be here anymore. I would like to be traded someplace else. Well, I think in order to understand the answer to that question, we have to read a little bit more into the full thread that Lamar Jackson put on Twitter. And I think we also need to understand about the way things work in the National Football League. So, obviously, I already said that Lamar Jackson went on Twitter today and said that in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me knows I love the game of football and it is my dream to help a team win the Super Bowl. There is more to this this quote, more to this conversation that Lamar had. And it goes on in that second tweet. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. And he also, earlier than that, says, you are all great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for me, for my family and I. Does that sound like somebody who's interested in returning to the Baltimore Ravens for the 2023 season? Put to the side the fact that if no other team is interested in trading for Lamar Jackson, what that could potentially do and the fact that he might have to go to Baltimore. But his words, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. That sounds like something people write in goodbye messages, that people write when they have already been traded someplace else. They thank the city that they've been in before, or when they retire, they thank all the cities that they've been in and say that they'll continue to remain close. This sounds like a quarterback. This sounds like somebody who in his mind has already moved on from Baltimore. And one may think, oh, the trade request is just trying to create leverage so that he can get the contract that he wants. It's just a play. Well, Lamar Jackson is negotiating on his own behalf or depending on who you believe, somebody's negotiating for him. We did that show on Friday. Go back and listen to that if you want all those details. So this doesn't feel like an agent or somebody telling Lamar to do this in order to help them create leverage in this situation. It feels like Lamar is very upset about the way things have transpired over the last year plus with the Baltimore Ravens and the front office in terms of getting a long-term deal done. 
I mean, it isn't just the fact that they had the disagreement at the beginning of the season on the contract. We all remember how the season ended, the will-he-won't-he of whether Lamar Jackson was going to be healthy enough to play in the final couple games of the regular season after he suffered that injury late in the year, whether he was going to play in the playoff game. There was a lot of back and forth of, you know, is Lamar really hurt or how hurt is he? Could he play if he had a new deal? There were a lot of conversations that were being had. Now, did all of those emerge from Baltimore and inside that building? No, absolutely not. There was just conversation at large, but that conversation probably didn't help things. So let's take a step back for a second here. Do we sit in a, in a situation that is any different than where we sat on Friday when we had this conversation? I think the answer to that question is no. There's a slight alteration that I think I'm going to make to what I said on Friday, but I don't feel like this changes a whole lot of everything because he put in this trade request on March 2nd ahead of free agency ahead of the non-exclusive franchise tag being put on him, meaning the Baltimore Ravens did this with the knowledge that Lamar Jackson didn't want to be there anymore and that he wanted to, to be out. If Lamar Jackson requested a trade on March 2nd from the Baltimore Ravens, how long do you think it took for other teams to find out that Lamar Jackson was no longer interested in being in Baltimore? It's March 27th when we are report, recording this podcast. 25 days have gone by from the trade request to the moment we found out about it. Do you think there are teams around the league that are now only finding out about it today for the first time? No. This has probably been the scuttlebutt around the league. This has probably been a conversation over the last couple of weeks amongst GMs, amongst front offices, amongst teams trying to figure out where they're going to go. Yet it doesn't feel like anybody is now willing to jump through the hoop of trying to trade for Lamar Jackson or trying to talk to Lamar Jackson, at least as of this juncture. Now, here's where things get a little bit interesting and where I want to add the wrinkle that things might change. Because I think I said on Friday's show that I thought Lamar Jackson would be back in Baltimore next season. I'm not so sure. And the betting markets seem to also indicate that. I will pull up some of the numbers here. This, this I believe this comes from uh, sportsbetting.ag where these uh, numbers came from that I have here uh, for the show today. That Lamar Jackson's week one status, starting for any other team is minus 200, starting for the Ravens is plus 175, and does not start for any team at plus 500. There's also other stuff in there about the total number of starts for Lamar. But I think the, the important thing there is that the favorite for Lamar Jackson's week one status is that he starts for any other team. And you can obviously understand why that would be the betting favorite, considering what we've learned here over the last couple of hours, that he actually did go to the team and request a trade. But here's where I think the wrinkle comes into play. For Lamar Jackson, there is no rush to sign the non-exclusive tag between now and the deadline that is set. I believe it's sometime in the summer uh, that, that that there's a there's a drop dead date of when teams have to or players have to sign the, either the franchise tag or the non-exclusive tag, whatever tag has been placed on them. So until that time, there's no benefit for Lamar to sign that tag to to benefit the Baltimore Ravens to go back to Baltimore uh, for next season. Now, again, the non-exclusive franchise tag, two first-round picks. So right now, if a team were to sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet and the Baltimore even said, we will not uh, agree to that, uh, we will not agree to those terms, then it is, as, of, as of right now, it would be a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 first-round pick. But what if Lamar Jackson waits just one more month? What if Lamar Jackson does not sign the non-exclusive tag between now and, let's just say, the end of, oh, I don't know, the end of April, when the 2023 NFL draft comes to a close, and then... If he were to sign a deal, an offer sheet with another team, it would be the 2024 and 2025 first-round picks for those teams. Is that interesting saying 
in the context of San Francisco having a first-round pick in 2024? Is it interesting in the fact that the Miami Dolphins have a first-round pick in 2024? Is it interesting that maybe the Rams or the Bucks or any other team that may have removed themselves, the Atlanta Falcons, that maybe have removed themselves right now from this situation might be more interested now that the draft has passed and they've gotten a full roster of players and they can now trade future picks to be able to acquire Lamar Jackson? Do you think it's interesting that maybe the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers haven't worked out compensation for an Aaron Rodgers trade? Do you think the New York Jets might use this for leverage a little bit? This story impacts more than just Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. There are a handful of teams that could be impacted by the fact that Lamar Jackson has officially requested a trade. We are now learning of it for the first time, but he officially requested a trade back in the beginning of March. Does it change the particulars of where we sit right now? No. It doesn't appear that now all of a sudden a team is going to jump through the hoops to, of trying to talk to Lamar Jackson. They would have already done that already when they were able to when the league year opened on what was that, March 17th. But if time goes by and the situation continues to deteriorate in Baltimore and Lamar can't come to terms and the 2023 draft rolls by... I bet you that teams maybe go back to the drawing board and recircle things. Again, everyone talked about with the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, New York Jets saga that there's there's no real timetable for either of these teams because you don't have to accept the clause in Aaron Rodgers' contract until September 5th, the option that can kick in, and then you can move that money around for his for the next part of his deal. And there, there's, no, there's no leverage, there's no timeline on this. Well, guess what? If the New York Jets say, yeah, you know what, Green Bay, we're going to just pivot and go talk to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. We'll give up a 2024-25 first for a younger player who's won an MVP. It's a good caliber player. Gives us a longer runway. You can you can be stuck with the $60 million that you're owed Aaron Rodgers. That game of chess could start to play out here over the next couple of weeks, the closer we get to the NFL draft. You don't think a team that all of a sudden has a first-round pick could potentially be like Miami, who's going to gain their first-round pick back for 2024 after this draft is over, and they would then be able to match the offer sheet. And you don't think this may inquire teams to talk to the Baltimore Ravens, say, listen, he doesn't want to be there. We can do a sign-in trade of some capacity. Let's see what we're able to work out. This does throw a new wrinkle into the mix. Does it change the current parameters, I think, over the next two to three weeks? No. I think over the next two to three weeks, the same dynamics apply. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. The Baltimore Ravens are uninterested in giving that fully guaranteed contract. They put the non-exclusive tag on him. They said, hey, you can go negotiate against basically yourself. Go talk to other teams. If they actually give you an offer sheet and you sign it, we'll probably match it, right? That's probably the parameters that we are working under. But again, if the draft rolls by and more more teams are then become interested. They either get their first-round pick back in the case of a San Francisco or a Miami who don't have first-round picks right now, or they're a team that after seeing the situation play out and after seeing the draft go by, they sense an opportunity to make their team better. They sense an opportunity to go after a player that maybe a couple of weeks ago or a month or two ago they didn't really think was possible because now the parameters change and maybe the sides are more disgruntled. Or maybe there's an opportunity to work with Baltimore. That situation may play itself out. That's where the parameters change after the 2023 NFL draft. But I'm here to tell you, the moment you get past the 2023 NFL draft, I think you open the world of opportunities for teams to be available. If the Jets don't have the Aaron Rodgers thing situated, the Aaron Rodgers situation figured out by then, they would be in the mix. Maybe the New England Patriots would be in the mix. You maybe think the Atlanta Falcons might recircle back to this after they use their first round pick this year and then give up two first and future years 
to get Lamar Jackson. Maybe the Indianapolis Colts, Colts, the closer we get to the draft, maybe they sense, they read the tea leaves, they see how things are going. Maybe they're interested. I already mentioned San Francisco. Maybe the Rams, with this win-now window that they've got, maybe Matthew Stafford's arm is not where it's in. They could be in the mix. Maybe the Bucks. I know they got Baker and Kyle Trask, but maybe they sense an opportunity after the draft to do things like that. That's seven teams. Maybe the Tennessee Titans reevaluate things. Eight teams. You can get very, very close to there being double-digit number of teams being interested in Lamar Jackson. Again, after the draft, I think the parameters of all of this change and I think the the world becomes open to a lot more of those chaos possibilities that we could all sit here and talk about but right now as we sit here today not a whole lot has changed we've just learned publicly what has probably been talked about privately in a lot of front offices a lot of front offices have probably known over the last 25 days that Lamar Jackson requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens they probably get the sense that Baltimore isn't really interested in because all they can do right now is take less than that non-exclusive tag unless they work out a sign-in trade because a team can't throw players in a deal for the offer sheet. It's only the two first-round picks. And Baltimore, if they were really looking at a potential trade, they would probably want more than two first-round picks. They, they put the non-exclusive tag so they can allow themselves to create an avenue to maybe negotiate for themselves and have Lamar go negotiate with, another, with other teams and they get that number and bring it back to Baltimore. Baltimore could say, okay, we like those terms done. Kind of cut out the middleman there, the back and forth that they've been going with. So again, the trade parameters of this right now are we're kind of locked in the same battle that we were this entire time. But it is interesting that Lamar's talking about Baltimore and about Maryland kind of in the past tense, kind of in a, that he wants to move on. What does that do? What other levers can he push to kind of move this forward, to kind of move this along, to maybe put himself in a position to be play, playing someplace else? I don't know. Right now, it does feel, though, as we sit here today, that it does. It, Baltimore still feels like the number one possibility. It feels like the most likely possibility on the probability pie. If I would have said 70-30 on Friday... The likelihood that he's back, I will tell you that 70's coming down a little bit. But right now, as we sit here on March 27th, there's more probabilities, there's more outcomes that I see where he is back in Baltimore next season. Now, the closer and closer we get to the draft, the closer and closer we get to that with no resolution here, then yeah, I think that percentage just keeps coming down. And then you start to evaluate the idea of him being on another roster next season. But another twist, another turn in this saga that, again, I don't think uh, is going to get solved relatively quickly. I think this is going to drag out. I think it's in Lamar's best interest if he wants to play someplace else next season uh, to wait this thing out, wait till after the draft, because I think that opens up... Uh, more suitors. It opens up more opportunity. It opens up more possibilities for teams to be interested in Lamar Jackson, and then that could uh, ultimately force Baltimore's hand in that regard. I know we talked about it at the end of last week's show, but I can officially make the announcement next Monday, a week from today, we are starting this show live on YouTube uh, each and every day on the Draft Network YouTube channel. You'll be able to see the production, the this show being put together uh, in real time. So for those of you who listen to it uh, while you're at work or maybe late in the day in the podcast feed, nothing changes for you. You're still going to get the same show, albeit maybe a little bit longer, in your podcast feeds every day. But for those of you who maybe work from home uh, or maybe have a little bit of time in the middle of the day, uh, we'll be going live on YouTube. You'll see the post show. We'll have some post show shenanigans where we'll talk about things. We'll do the live show. We'll have more interaction where your guys' thoughts uh, can be discussed throughout the show. And then I'll probably stick around a little bit afterwards on the YouTube channel uh, and talk about maybe some of the other things as well. So a lot of fun uh, in that regard. So next Monday, you'll be able to see uh, that be live. We worked through a lot of the tech stuff uh, over over the weekend and at the end of last week to make sure that the show is in a pretty good spot. Uh, looks good from a visual perspective. So a video version of the show coming soon to the YouTube channel uh, and a live version of the show uh, for those that hang out with us on the YouTube channel. But again, the same podcast feed uh, applies. The show will be in here for you. Nothing changes in that regard. So super excited to bring... 
a different element to the show uh, as we up uh, some of the production here on the show moving forward. So I appreciate you making this show a part of your day, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Uh, it is those things that have helped us grow to the point uh, where we want to add the, the video element and the YouTube live element uh, to these things as well. I hope everybody has a great rest of their Monday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.